0: Hi, everyone. My name is Damon Smith, and this is the Numbers 511 podcast. It's a reaction pod discussing one of the most interesting and thought-provoking passages in the Bible, which is Numbers chapter 5, verses 11 through 31. In this passage, God tells Moses to institute a unique test to confirm a suspicion a husband may have but cannot prove that his wife is cheating on him. The reason I wanted to do this pod was because it's an opportunity to have great conversations about the word of God with many people and get their perspectives on this passage of scripture. I'm excited for the unique takes people are going to have, and I hope it inspires us all to read our Bibles more because it's fascinating, talk about it with our friends and family more, and seek to understand God on a deeper level as we live the way he wants us to live. Today's guest is Pastor Keevan Carley, who is an awesome youth pastor at InFocus Church, where we both attend and serve the Lord. I'm excited to share this discussion with everyone listening. Here we go. Welcome to the first episode of the Numbers 511 podcast. I'm Damon Smith, and my guest today is... Is Pastor Kevin Carley of In Focus Church? How you doing, Pastor?
1: I'm all right, man. How about yourself today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. You know, just thankful and grateful, um, always and forever. Um, I'm glad that you you decided to do the pod with me, um, taking this this biblical uh, this uh, Old Testament survey class um, that our uh, that one of our deacons, uh, Deacon uh, Emerson. Uh, he put on and it, it, it was really awesome uh, because i learned a lot about just the word in a way that i didn't consider before it it, it helped me understand the old testament uh, in a stronger sense and um again that that's where this passage came from and so it's like i, I want to get reactions because it's wild and so if, if you have your bibles go to numbers chapter 5 verse 11 uh, that's going to be our discussion point uh for today and um we're not we're not going to read the uh the, the scripture on the podcast uh, because we we expect that if you go if you that you read it before you listen in but um to know that we've read it and looking forward to the conversation and so when we when we look at this in the bible um and i like how uh the the english standard version um like outlines it they call it the a test for adultery and it's unique because god tells moses to put this in place um now starting out do you pastor kevin what what was your just your reaction when you read this passage like from numbers you know 11 all the way to the end of the, of, the, of the chapter
1: oh man i i was i was shocked i was surprised uh i wondered like man have i read this before if if so like how did i miss it um it, it, i was taken aback because it's i think it for me i say that and Realize that some people might think like wait. What do you mean? You know, you're you're a pastor you're a youth pastor You should just you know go with the flow so to speak and and not have any Challenges by some of the thing or by anything that we find in scripture and and I would you know Argue that no, I, I actually disagree with that. I, I think that in general to to follow Jesus means that we obey him we submit to him we we surrender our lives to him as lord and savior lord meaning yes i would do what you say as i've heard i can't remember who it was but someone said recently like you know we're not we're not following god as a as an advisor meaning we obey him only when we agree with him or when something makes sense to us but we are to follow him as lord Meaning, hey, even if it doesn't make sense, I'll trust you, which is hard to do. Uh, But because it's hard to do and because we are humans and still have a sinful nature, that means that, you know, there are going to be things that we wrestle with, that we're struggling to, to wrap our heads around and maybe never will, but... We we struggle with it, and we're honest with God in that space and say, I don't get this. I I don't understand it. It don't make sense to me. Knowing what I know about you, God, I'm confused because this doesn't seem to line up with your love that you have for your creation because this seems like, man, you should just, I don't know, but something else other than this. And so all of that was going through my mind when I read this for the first time with a curiosity as well. Maybe not to the extent of yours, Damon, but like some curiosity, like, all right, God, what, what did you mean? What did you intend here? What's going on? Help me to see it. And and that's where I began. That's that's where I, I started to do some research and pray and read a little more and um, still don't necessarily feel like I've got like a full on uh, grasping of the text but i do see some things that i'm like all right i get uh, it makes a little more sense makes a little more sense but yeah that was that was me that was my thoughts what about yours
0: for me it was it was wild because like i was seeing this from all the different angles um it's like you see it from god's perspective and then you see it from, like, the, the, the man's perspective where he feels like, hey, you know, she cheating on me, you know. <laughs> and and it, it made me think, uh, of course, you got to think about Drew, the Drew Hill song, you know, somebody sleeping in my bed. Because <laughs> like, that's immediately that's really where my mind I need you to sing it, Damon. I, I don't somebody know that. Somebody's sleeping in
1: my bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He, shout but out
2: but
0: to he, Cisco. Yes, shout out Cisco, <laughs> shout out to him. But he starts with saying, I got this feeling mm-hmm. that, you know, that something's going wrong. Yeah. You know, and the scripture starts out with like the spirit of jealousy, mm. you know, comes on the man. Like, and, and it's like, and the stakes are, the, the, the scenario also is it's like, okay, what if she shit this thing, but you don't have proof. Mm-hmm you know you you can't it's like there you don't have a smoking gun how do you resolve it mm-hmm. um and and it's it's i like how god does it because it's like god is sovereign and he has a plan he always knows how to to get um to the root of a matter and this is how to do it but
2: mm.
0: it's just like this whole spirit of jealousy thing see it it would be different if there was no like if sin wasn't just rampant, um, you know, and, and a problem, where where humans didn't where where humans didn't abuse like use the law to abuse like to to uh, to abuse sin or try to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just when you look at this, knowing the nature of of sinful people and how and how it can just because you have a suspicion don't mean that it's true Mm -hmm. that 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 makes this thing really interesting especially because god also puts in that if she's innocent then nothing will happen to her Mm -hmm. but if she's guilty then it's like her basically her reproductive system is gonna break down and you know it's gonna be it she's gonna be a curse and and whatever happens after that a a lot of times I know with the with the um, the judgment the way it was, you know that could mean the end of your life. Mm-hmm. You know for committing adultery, um, or at least in her case, if she would admit it, I believe I read some commentaries where they were saying like uh, that uh, if she admitted to it before taking like the drink, it was like okay I did it. Um, mm-hmm. Then it's like she would still she would live, but like I guess she would probably have to be divorced or and, and like the the dowry that mm. the husband paid, you know, that would have to, uh, it's like there would be, need to be some recompense for that. Mm. Um, but it's just this unique in, in that sense where it's like, there's this variable of, well, what if she's innocent? Yeah. <laughs> now, as a man, how, would, would this be, like, how do, you, how do you think about this from a male perspective? like this this thing that god would have you to go through like have you ever had like have you ever been like man i needed that
1: (laughs) definitely not pray (laughs) praise god that that has not uh had to come to my mind uh in the sense of me worry so for those who don't know, I have been married for, it'll be eight years, actually. I don't know when this podcast will release, but as of May 16th, I will have been married for eight years. Amen. Uh, Lord will. Amen. And glad for yes, it. Love yes, my so. wife and um, feel like I chose wisely. And, um, and I'm, I'm glad to be married, period. But I'm glad to be married to who I'm married to. And I have not had a suspicion of infidelity or any thought like that. So I'm glad for that. But even if I did, um, I <laughs> this would not be the, the means, the means by which I try to explore like, mm, is this just a feeling <laughs> or is there something to it? Yeah. Um, I, I do want to go back. I like that you mentioned how, you know, God can use out of his sovereignty, that God can use some, some, Unconventional and seemingly odd means to bring about whatever it is that he's doing, and that made me think of something that I I thought of as I was reading was um, Solomon and how one of the first um, judgments I guess you see him making with
0: the two uh, prostitutes, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. saying
1: like, hey, you know, both women are bringing uh, a baby. or or claiming a baby to be theirs but the truth or behind the scenes you know one of them had lost their baby and out of her mourning they go to I don't remember exactly where that is in um not proverbs uh First first kings okay um but yeah the woman uh the woman who was in mourning she conceived this idea of hey you know what the I don't my neighbor, you know, this woman, she has a baby. I'm going to steal her baby, which leads to the rightful mother going to King Solomon and his new role as king and saying, "Hey, this woman stole my baby." Mm-hmm. And the thief, the kidnapper is saying, "No, this is my baby. This is my baby." And so Solomon in a unconventional to us, especially in our modern times, but it just seems harsh. It yeah. seems cruel that King Solomon will say, all right, well, right, we'll take a sword and cut this baby in half and both of y'all can get a piece. Therefore, y'all could go away happy. And it's like, clearly that's not joyful. That is not, you know, that's not going to make a, a, a mother content, which is where the wisdom of God that was supernaturally on him was, was showing uh, its face in that. What ended up resulting was the true mother said, listen, because I'm a true mother, I want to see my child live even if it's not in my home. Even if if I can't raise him or her, I'd rather my child live under the arms of this woman. And by her saying not, just let her keep it. Solomon knew, okay, you're the true mother. That's right. Whereas the other one was like, yeah, all right, we both get half because then she'll feel my pain and so it's like out of that wisdom solomon was able to make a choice or or uh, an edict that would say hey this is going to get to the bottom of it and this numbers five passage reminded me of that where it's like all right you know god working in this strange unconventional way Mm -hmm. is ultimately getting to the bottom of the matter but I, I think you also mentioned that it's, it's not just the ma- the matter is not just was there infidelity or not. I think that ultimately there's deeper layers here yes. for the man, for the woman and for and to all of Israel and, and even Christians today that in the way that it points to uh, Jesus uh, in a way that God knew what he was doing regardless of how unconventional it seems, of how much it doesn't seem to make sense, regardless of how much we can think, God, you could have done this a completely different way that yeah. seemed a little less tragic and a little <laughs> less dramatic, but God knew what he was doing. Yes. And, and I think that's, that's, that's how we really got to approach it, that, that what we believe about God is going to inform the way that we interpret God's actions or a, a passage in, in the scriptures. What we believe about God is going to inform that. And so if we come to a text like this that has our suspicions about God, where we're saying, God, I, I think God is, you know, harmful to society. I think God is bad and wrong or, or antiquated. And the Bible, you know, God is is oppressive towards women. Then we'll look at this passage and say, see, here's proof. But if we're coming in with this this belief that, God, you are the creator of the world, you you created me and, and and my ability to think and conceptualize and and have opinions and beliefs god you created uh you know adam and eve in the garden before sin where you knew exactly how things were supposed to be but then because of their rebellion now you know we live in a fallen world and you're trying to teach us how to live within it if we come with that belief then we can still wrestle with this text but not in a way that says see i knew you were evil god But in a way that says, God, help me see your goodness even in it. And that was my prayer all the while while reading and studying was, all right, I I can't see it. Looking at it at first glance, God, but help me see. And that's where we are.
0: Amen. Amen. And um, when you were talking about that, it... um, it made me think about, I know, it's like an unconventional thing, but I, I get movies in my head all the time. Uh, remember when, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Lethal Weapon 1, and uh, the guy, yeah. uh, Mel Gibson's character, uh, uh, Riggs, he's trying to, to talk this guy off the bridge, and mm-hmm. like, off the building, because he he's saying he's going to jump. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, Riggs is kind of crazy as a cop, so he's like, do you, he gets him mad after a while, he's like, do you really want to jump? And then, like he uh-huh. just like he they he grabs them like that they, they jump together. It's like he calls his bluff, mm-hmm. and it's like they they survive. It's like because they have the the you know the parachute thing. Yeah. But the guy's like, "You're crazy! You're crazy!" You, so it's in that same way. Sometimes justice to to get to justice, you you have to be a little a little outside of the box, like Solomon with the sword. Okay. Mm-hmm it may seem extreme, but I'm after something, mm. you know, because I'm not just trying to, to decide whose baby this is. Mm-hmm. Somebody's in here is deranged. Mm. And it's like, and for you to say, okay, go ahead and cut the baby up and, and, and then we'll both have peace. Okay, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, it's not only that, that, that we know whose baby this is, but you have, there's a serious issue going on that you would allow that baby to die just so that she couldn't get you know her her baby back. Yeah. So um, and in that same way, when we look at this, it's 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 a it's a strange test because it's like it culminates with this this concoction. So it's like she has to drink this. It's like she has to sit before the priest, and she it's kind of like a little bit of an interrogation. Like, hey, did you do this thing? Um, and there's this offering that you have to bring with no frills. You know, no, no frills kind of grain. It's just, you know, just plain. Mm-hmm. But it's to illustrate, like, the seriousness of the matter. And then it's like, you got to take the holy water mm. from the labor that the priests wash in. And you have to take the dust of the ground and you put it in the water. Mm. and And then, like, after the lady... You know, um, she she agrees. It's like the, the the priest writes down her words, and then he like scrapes them into the drink, mm. or wipes them into the drink. So it's like in essence, she's eating her words. Mm. <laughs> she's got to drink her words. Um, you know, if she's if she's wrong, um, and it, it's just and, and so this this test this concoction. It's like if you're if you're real, this isn't gonna hurt you, but if you're lying then this is going to destroy you. And it's like, all right, what does that say about the power of a lie? Mm. Like, what, what, what do you think about the power of, of how a lie can destroy us?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like how you even frame it because it it positions us to allow the Bible to interpret the Bible, which is the best way to interpret the Bible. That ultimately... You know us looking at this passage in numbers we have to look at it through the lens of well what does the rest of the Bible say and so you know the power of life and death being in your tongue you know that's that's principle where you know the idea of okay that that encompasses encouragement versus discouragement but it also encompasses truth versus lies and so the power of a lie that ultimately it a lie in this circumstance would affect like you said the the outcome is you know a woman's womb and, and, and i saw a few different interpretations of it like whether it affects her overall health because the the penalty of this of adultery should have been death oh yeah and so like even in that sense it's like well right here this this potential uh adultery that is is has yet to be is hidden it's is Potentially about to be uncovered if it exists, but it's like, okay, so the the standard that was already set and precedented to say, hey, adultery for man or woman should result in death, the lie here that has been preserving your life is actually still going to result in damage to your life and to your not just your life, but then to You know your ability to conceive at 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 best even if you live even though you shouldn't which is mercy but still your 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 lineage is affected that you lying and covering up your sin has grave consequences and you're about to see it come to fruition and and that's the reality of today where although we don't live under this you know same ritual in these same times but a lie affects your life, but it affects the lives of others around you, your family, your your lineage, the, your your trustworthiness to the people who are around you, and that's dangerous. Yes, that's very dangerous if we're not aware of it. But how easy it is to still tell a, a white lie and say, <laughs> "Oh, we'll be all right."
0: But it's, it but, always comes back, um, you know, to, to haunt us ultimately. Um, now, I wanted to get another question, and so. At IOC, let's say this thing was still going on, like where we had to do this test. How many times do you think, like this, you would have like pastors would have to do this a week? And would there need would you need to have a special person just assigned to do this? And would there be a line?
1: Thank God that it's not. Um, my 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 thought to that question is because of our society being a, an emotionally unhealthy society, I think it would be a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a lot. Uh, Like we mentioned earlier that, that this has layers attached to it. It's not just, okay, was there infidelity or not? It's, I think there's a level of, for the man, a realization of, or a, a potential realization if one would come to it, do you realize how often you feel jealous, how much your jealousy is not tied to something that your wife does or fails to do, but that's just attached to insecurity where you are triggered by something that your wife says. And it triggers something that makes you feel small inside, but because of your Lack of self-awareness—it's much easier to join to the blame game and point a finger and say she must not be faithful to me—than it is to slow down and look in the mirror and say, "Well, why did that hurt my feelings the way that it did?"
2: Yeah,
1: and and I think in a society—and thankfully at our church—we talk about emotional health and have for you know the last few years uh, in a way that my hope and belief is that. You know, many here are going through that journey of, of trying to be aware of stuff like this that would hopefully eliminate the need to do this this ritual if it were still in play. Uh, but in our society, uh, it's it's not hopeful. It's not hopeful because of how uh, much of, how great the lack of self-awareness is that would that contributes to the divorce rates being what it is that there's no and and whether or not that's because of infidelity I'm not sure of the statistics but in general that decisions to get married are not made with self-awareness which makes the ability to get divorced, to get a divorce that much greater and I think it, it all comes into the same pot
0: question because i know we, you got uh, something else to get to now again i appreciate you getting with me you, you're the first you, you're, you're the kickoff guest <laughs> uh, so we're we gonna have many more uh, guests on here but uh, i'm really thankful that you got to be the first one um the last question i have and um and again we're everybody's gonna get these questions um that comes along but there's it just depends on which one but i really want to hear this one because this is what Part of what what made me interested in uh, listening to in in doing the podcast was the whole what if she's innocent Mm. because to me that was more captivating than okay she's guilty it's like the fact that she could be innocent and then this guy is just like accusing her Mm -hmm. um because men can just be jealous for no reason yeah um it's like my whole this was my first question that i had Okay, if the woman was vindicated after going through this embarrassing, because it's an embarrassing public display. Like this is a huge embarrassment for the woman, because mm-hmm. the man doesn't have to do this; the woman has to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it's it's very embarrassing. You got to take her through this whole ordeal. You know, you got to uncover her hair. She's got to sit, and this is a pub- like, and this is published publicly. Like people, you know, the, the town's gonna know about this, especially if she's guilty. But it's like. it's about maintaining purity so it's you're kind of exposed you Mm. and and when you take off the uh i guess her covering it's like she's not on under the protection of her husband at that moment Mm. so it's just it's a really serious situation but if she's innocent what's that relationship like going forward like Mm -hmm. you can't just be like after it's done and y'all going home together, the husband can't be like, "Hey, so what's for dinner?" Like, no, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you think that that plays out? Like, what? What? What can you imagine going on in that household after that in that relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when I first started thinking about all of this, I, my thoughts went one way. Like, yeah, that would be. It. It, it, my, my thoughts went very modernized, like man, that'd be an awkward car ride home, like like imagine like playing it out like if if this happened in churches today and God, I hope it doesn't, Lord, stop it <laughs> if <laughs> if people still succumb to this, but uh, yeah, modernizing the picture of like, man, that's an awkward drive home like how long how many weeks and months would it take to get to a place of rebuilt trust on the side of the woman. Yeah. The woman saying, okay, you know, I forgive you, first of all, like choosing forgiveness throughout all of this, but like I'm going to to put in the intentional effort through, you know, prayer and, you know, relational engagement together, conversations, seeking wise counsel, like how can I rebuild trust that you trust me ultimately? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately – the the as i studied i realized like man that i think that would be the outcome in general if it were modern but because this wasn't this isn't modern because this is in a culture where you know women were were oppressed by their husbands but because of the fall that genesis 3 you know the curse was women you're going to i'm paraphrasing but women you're going to want to uh uh have authority over your husbands and then uh husbands you're going to rule over your wives that that i think this ultimately is the culture in which god would say here's a solution yeah here's a here this ritual as unconventional as it may seem to us here today that this context in which god gave this was saying hey everyone else would just say go kill her off of your suspicion Or at least divorce her off of your suspicion. But what, again, as we started in the beginning, depending on your view of God, you can say, see, this is oppressive towards women. I think this actually shows us God protecting women, that God would have mediation through the priest in a way that says, hey, you mediate the situation. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the woman was safe. If she was innocent, she was safe period. Yeah. But her safety was held within the priest as the one that was going to say, husband, you can't lay a hand on her. You can't divorce her until this process is finished where as she eats her words, as you said, you know, what's going to come out is the fact that she's innocent and that her life is protected and spared her womb is protected and and truth will win and, and therefore God protected women in this. But I think the culture of an oppressive culture and between or of men being oppressive to, over women remain in a way where i I do wonder what would it have been like during that camel ride home, yeah, like the guy still should at the least have some delight of man, you were faithful i'm 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 a little surprised, and there should be some intimacy of. Thank God, thank you. Well, I appreciate you. I, I'm glad you're faithful to me. But when there's a, these men have two and three wives and concubines and all this, it's like it probably was just another day.
0: But that's another thing too, because I was looking at some in some commentaries, mm-hmm. and they, they were saying that it would only work if the guy wasn't uh, was uh wasn't unfaithful himself, so it's like mm. if, even if she did do it, mm-hmm. if you were doing the same thing, hmm. then she wouldn't get punished because now it becomes the like the, level playing field. Yeah, when you look at hmm. John, uh, when Jesus was said, I think John eight when he when uh, the woman's caught in adultery, and they're like, mm-hmm. you gotta you know, teacher, you're mm-hmm. supposed to stone her, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, you start the ground, okay. Who you know, let him who has not has uh has no sin throw the first stone at him, mm-hmm. and they they could do nothing, yeah, they they had to walk away, yeah, uh, because the, the and the old men first because they knew, yeah, they live long enough to know, okay, I you know, I got sin too, yeah, but it's it's that same thing, it's like so, it's like it's only gonna work mm. if you haven't done something wrong yourself, yeah, and so you can't accuse her if you've. Done the same thing, yeah. Um, And so that's another layer. Of her that's passion,
1: yeah. That's that's very interesting. You know, there. for
0: her, but it's just to me, I just I was I, yeah. I felt I felt bad for the lady. You know, yeah. like, it, especially if it's a, if you're innocent and mm-hmm. it's like that. That's where my mind went, and I'm like, because it speaks to this issue of like, what is this issue with us and jealousy, mm-hmm. and we really have to deal with it. Um, and and these suspicions, you know, without without gr- it's like, man, yeah, it, it's a tripped out passage. But um, ultimately, God put it in place mm-hmm. to preserve purity in the camp mm-hmm. um, for the people that He was moving towards the promised land. Yeah, um, and it still points to Jesus mm-hmm. because we are to be, you know towards him and and be committed to him um and he will find out everything he's a judge so he's going ultimately it's going to come up yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah but that's that's our podcast for today thank you again pastor keeper for coming on and uh looking forward to you know just the the next ones but uh always a pleasure to talk with you and uh any any uh final words you want to say
1: uh I think that I love how you how you ended there. That you know the the purpose, the overarching purpose, or top layer, I guess you would say. Yeah, the 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 purity of the camp as they move towards all that God had in store for them. Where I, I think that when we can learn to approach even a topic like this, as as odd as it is, as difficult as it is, that when we can. Uh, ultimately trust who God is, that it it helps provide the clarity of where God's heart is. We may not understand all the details of what it means or why, but that we can trust and move forward in that space. And I think, yeah, as men of today, if you're married or in a relationship and you're struggling with that, that jealousy or that suspicion, First of all, don't go and try to get a priest to make this concoction. <laughs> right. Don't do that, most definitely. Don't. But yeah, I I I would challenge us all to to explore with curiosity. Like, man, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And let me not act on it. Let me not act on it until I've explored this, not just by myself, but with someone else. Especially if you're a Christian, explore it with a brother. Say, hey, listen, man, I, you know, I you mentioned. Uh, uh drew hill i think of uh donnell jones uh remember the song um it actually just resurfaced it got remixed by like new artists but um he's saying gosh how do how did it go uh if, if you're if you're playing me please don't let it show oh yeah because yeah. my heart can't take it anymore yeah. He's in essence singing, if you're cheating on me, I've I've got a suspicion. If you're cheating on me, just keep doing it, but hide it good. I don't want to know. It is like, no, that ain't the way either. That ain't the way either. (laughs) There's two extremes. One saying, I'm just going to act on the suspicion and, and divorce you now murder you in the relationship without actually. And it's like, no, nah, don't do that. And then you can move a little further towards the middle and say, well, I'm going to have you drink this concoction. And, but then I ain't going to treat you any different. Don't do that either. And then it's, hey, just keep on cheating. Just don't let it choke. Don't do that right, either. Just
0: be, just be good to me. Nah, right?
1: nah, nah. Listen, <laughs> listen. Healthy relationships require communication. Yeah. It requires communication, yeah. and I think even in, in what Jesus calls us to and, and and showed and demonstrated, even in the way that he interacted with with the Pharisees of, of addressing their hypocrisy, mm-hmm. means like, hey, you go to your neighbor. Your neighbor may be your spouse or your significant other. Go and bring that up in a way that says, hey, listen, I, I've explored this myself, and I've gotten some help because I wanted my brother to help me see if I was tripping, and... I was encouraged to, to bring it up and just be honest. Yeah, just be
0: courageous. Just step and say, hey, this is what it is.
1: And understand that you're going to break some intimacy with that. Mm-hmm. Because you you still, even if you do it in a healthy way, in an honest way, you're still at, at the end of the day saying, I'm worried that you're not being faithful to me. Yeah. Which is offensive. It hurts, especially if the other person is. Now, if they're not and they're honest and they're like, yeah, you right. You saw it correctly. <laughs> then, all right, you know next episode maybe we will talk about what to do then <laughs> but <laughs> right. but for this episode start the conversation start yeah. the conversation don't run from it don't run from it but that's all, all.
0: Right. well that is the episode for the day uh check out uh you know the the, the podcast again next time and god bless you god keep you till next
1: time peace that was fine damon <laughs>